Welcome. Thanks for listening. This is episode two, part two of Beyond the Illusion. This episode is a continuation of the previous one. So if you haven't listened to that one, you might want to go back and do that first. Now, if you remember from the last episode, I booked an appointment to see Shannon as a client. In the days leading up to the appointment, I really didn't think too much about it. But as it got closer and closer, I started to feel a little nervous. And as I was driving out there for the appointment, I began to feel an unexpected anxiousness and I wasn't sure why. I didn't think that I really had to do anything. But looking back on it now and thinking about it for a while, I figured that these uneasy feelings were just the anticipation of looking at my life from a different perspective and the possibility that I might learn something about myself that I really wasn't already aware of. When I pulled up to the property, I couldn't help but notice how much care and attention had been put into the place. It's beautiful and so quiet considering that it's only about a 20 or 30 minute drive from Austin. As I walked up to the door, I immediately felt comfortable and all my anxiety completely disappeared. Shannon's partner Russ was there and I was greeted by both of them with a hug. Next, they gave me a quick tour of the place and explained all of the drama that the property had been through due to some heavy flooding that came through in the past couple of years. But you couldn't tell at all that they had experienced such devastation. They must have put a lot of energy into the cleanup and renovations. They told me that they hold seminars, events, and retreats there and you can see it's perfect for that. After the tour, Russ offered me some tea made from plants that they grow right there on the property. And I have to say, that tea was delicious. Then I went into a room and sat down at a table across from Shannon, which was positioned next to a huge picture window with a great view of the property. And she began the session. But before we go there, I wanted to let you know that most of what you'll be hearing in this episode is the actual recording of the session that I had with Shannon exactly as any other client of hers would experience it. That means the recording was done on a handheld recorder that was sitting next to her. Now I've done my best to make the audio as clear as possible, but there are a couple of places in the recording where you will hear some sounds happening in the background, such as the sound of a spoon swirling in a cup of tea. But those sounds don't last long, and to me, I like it because it gives me more of a mental picture of what's happening. Now let's go to the session already in progress. All right, so it's March 28th, 2019, and we're going to do a full natal analysis for Tim. Uh, Let's pull it up here. So that's a copy of your chart there. Have you ever seen your chart? Nope. Okay. So what you're looking at is a snapshot of the heavens at the moment of your birth from a geocentric perspective if you were standing in the center of the earth looking up at the sky. So I like to give a bit of an astrology lesson as we go. I think that it's helpful for the information to integrate when you kind of see things for yourself as well. It's not important that you completely grasp everything. Um, I'll be translating in terms that are easy to understand. Um, But for example, so these are all the planets, Sun, Mercury, that's Chiron. We'll talk about these, these are the nodes. Venus, Mars, like that. So like even just taking a peek at 
at the chart without knowing anything about astrology you can kind of see there's patterns and for example there's a lot of concentration in that one area yeah i was gonna say yeah and that's the third quadrant so if you think about the circle being sliced with a cross uh -huh. there's four quadrants and that's the third quadrant which is the quadrant of relationships so just right off the bat this is i can see this is a relationship lifetime for you yeah meaning your deepest learning is going to come through that <clears throat> platform those mirrors those dynamics all of that yeah i'm starting to figure that out too myself yeah <laughs> right whereas before you know before i had didn't know anything about this stuff um, that would have never occurred to me mm. yeah but now it's very very obvious uh-huh yeah well good well, we're gonna break it down <laughs> to elaborate a little bit more on what i was saying there after the conversation we had with Shannon on the last episode, Tiana loaned me a book of hers called Astrology for the Soul by Jan Spiller, and I read the section of the book that was written for people who were born around the same time as me, and it described things about me and my life such as my personality, the types of challenges this life would pose for me, my strengths and weaknesses, and it was surprisingly accurate for me. One of the things it said was that this would be a lifetime where I would be focused on relationships with other people, mainly dealing with how to relate to and communicate with them. It said that would be one of the biggest challenges and a major focus for me in this lifetime, which has proven to be true so far. So a little bit about my work. I know we chatted on the podcast, but <clears throat> I integrate two styles of astrology. There's lots of different styles of astrology. Um, and I think they work really well together. We're going to start your reading by pulling, I'm an archetypalist and an evolutionary astrologer. So we're going to pull out your ruling archetypes. Are you familiar with archetypes? Uh, a little bit. So they're, they're patterns of energy that live, live through us on a soul level. Okay. And they define our character traits, our personality styles, our motivations and drives, our gifts, our challenges. Um, every archetype is a certain element, earth, air, fire, or water. Earth is Taurus concerned with resources. Air is the mind, water is the emotions, and fire is the spirit and creativity. So that's another thing. Without getting into details, I can see like, wow, he has a lot of earth. And I don't know, does he have any water? Hmm, not a lot of water. Um, so those are just other patterns that I look at. But the most important thing is that every uh, archetype has a very specific purpose on a soul level and a spectrum of light and shadow. 11, 11. She just pointed at the clock and noticed that it was 11.11. 11. Could it be a sign? <laughs> and do you understand that, 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 what I mean by spectrum of light and shadow? Oh, yeah. The way that, yeah. the highest way that this energy can manifest through you, mm -hmm. and then more of a negative or a, a, a shadowy way. Okay. And every archetype is neutral. No archetype is inherently good or bad. It just is. So... Knowing your, your ruling archetypes, um, and, and, and first of all, there's the first three primary rulers are the placement of the sun, the moon, and the ascendant. The ascendant is the, the zodiacal sign that was rising. It's also called the rising sign. On the horizon between the earth and the sky at the moment of your birth. And that's like the first sign that you could see. And so that's why it's called the ascendant or the rising. It's kind of part of... Um, your orientation to the world and how people see you. And it's also called the rising sign because it's what we are reaching for in this life. We're become more and more embodied in that rising sign as we mature and we age. Okay. Um, so 
uh, let me see if you have any, no, that doesn't pertain to you. So yeah, the more you can get intimate with the archetypal rulers, which are these energy patterns living through you that have a purpose, the more you can find integration and alignment with this deeper aspects of who you are on more of a spiritual, soulful level. And all the archetypes, because they have their own purpose, don't necessarily always align or agree or work harmoniously. So yeah. that's like the sub-personalities where part of you is this way, the other part is this way. And so it's just being able to make space for and vessels for each dimension in you to have fluidity. So we'll do that. We'll pull out your ruling archetypes. And then the evolutionary astrology, I think we talked about a little bit, uh, is what I consider more of the base note of the chart. It's the understanding that we are eternal and that this is just one lifetime. It's like a drop in the ocean that you've chosen to be in a masculine body and a Taurus sun and all that. It's kind of like the clothes you're wearing this life. Okay. But that we actually reincarnate through many different aspects and incarnations with the intention of evolution, ev evolving into more of a, a place of wholeness and um, aligning with our our spirit, our mind, our body, our soul, and integration. And through the multiple life journey, we carry with us our karma from previous lifetimes. So that's just like our stuff, our stuff we're working out. And when we start talking about the evolutionary part of your chart, it's we're gonna look at the nodes, which is the horseshoes in the chart that I was pointing to. There's two horseshoes, they're opposing each other. Yep, that one on the uh, right up there mm -hmm. is the south node. The south node shows me where you've been in your past lives. Okay. Now what archetypal predominance was strong in you. So that shows up in your life as who you are. You've done that. Okay. It's innate in you and it becomes a default often. And we can assume that there's shadow material in that area, meaning it was either out of balance or it was misused or it was never fully manifest or um, something of that nature. And the soul comes back through in this, this life and says, I am going to sign this contract that I'm gonna balance this particular area of my life. And the way that I do that is I reach for the opposite archetypal sign in house, which is the other note, the other note down there, which <clears throat> often is your challenges, your issues, things that just keep surfacing over and over, right? Yeah. Um, but that's the very area that, you know, and often we avoid that or we deny it or we project it or we judge it. And then, but ultimately on this deeper, mysterious universal level, that's the exact place that your soul is trying to really find that balance. And then eventually you're trying to balance the poles in the middle. But sometimes you have to leave behind the, the past life default in order to become more fluid and integrated in this other opposite energy. So when we're looking at the, the astrology, there's, um, there's 12 signs, there's 12 archetypes. So if you have a really strong predominance in one area, mm -hmm. in order to keep balanced with that, you wanna always make sure you're integrating the opposite. So there's basically six pairs of opposites in the zodiac. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so for you, you have a lot of Taurus. Mm -hmm. So you'll be wanting to like really get familiar with the Scorpio archetype because that's mm -hmm. your op opposing. And it's, an, it's also very common that you attract people into your life that are carry that opposing archetype oh, really? because it's a it's a reflection of something that you're needing to learn from okay. so and then at the end we will um, look at where you are on the journey we'll look at your transits which is what's happening for you this year like what's the themes okay. and all that stuff so okay. 
Any questions about anything? Not yet. Okay, yeah, cool. Sounds good. Well, I always start with the client. Just any questions you might have as far as just anything that's a challenge or anything that I might be able to pay attention to and help you with. Uh, um, uh, well, I sent you a message where um, there are a couple things that uh, have been coming up in my mind a lot recently, and one of them is, um, like, I guess the direction of my life. Like, I know that I'm supposed to be, I'm here to do something, mm -hmm. and I don't feel as if I'm doing it or doing all that I can in that area. Um, as far, I, I think it, and it, I think it has to do with, um, with either helping my own spirituality advance or maybe helping others in some way. Mm. Um, but I feel like that's part of my calling. Mm -hmm. And then also the other thing is, um, I don't feel as though I'm very connected to, um, my higher self mm -hmm. or maybe just my guides mm -hmm. or the spirit world. I mm -hmm. don't feel... Um, very in tune with that at mm -hmm. all and I'm trying to be mm -hmm. but and maybe I'm trying too hard I don't know um, but that seems like an area where it's just quiet mm -hmm. you know and I don't but there's know. A, a strong desire yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. like I want I'm I I'm seeking that out a lot mm -hmm. but I don't seem to find a way to connect are you how are you seeking that out um mainly you know d through meditation mm -hmm. and you know like yoga and mm -hmm. my dreams, I log my dreams, just anything I can think of Yeah. that maybe a message will come through mm -hmm. and it just seems to, I mean, and occasionally it will, mm -hmm. um, but it just seems to be pretty quiet for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just my, um, my physical makeup, like if mm -hmm. that's just not meant for me in this mm -hmm. lifetime mm -hmm. or I'm not sure. Okay. Great. Well, we'll talk about those things. Right here, Shannon said she always likes to start with a short meditation. I removed it so you didn't have to sit through the silence. And I, if you're open to it, would love for you to pull one card. Okay. Are you familiar with the tarot? Yeah. You can just hold them and just pick one. See if there's a message from your higher self in the moment that wants to come through. Oh, the Empress, nice. <laughs> very there, very Taurian. <laughs> <laughs> there has been this theme in recently that's come up a lot for me too of um, feminine and masculine. Yeah. Yeah, that's been a big, big thing that's been coming up again and again in my meditations. And maybe that, maybe, maybe that is a message, I don't know. About like internally inside of you, or and or outside, like your relationship. You're in a relationship, uh, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm married. Um, yeah, I think both. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think yeah. There's some balancing that needs to happen there. Yeah, it's in the field for sure, and I do a lot of work with, with people in that area. Um, and you know, it's just like ultimately that is what we're here trying to do. And that's one of the tickets home, is the unification of opposites. So whether it be light and dark, masculine and feminine, mind and heart, um, you know, we live in such a polarized yeah. world. Yeah. And that's where a lot of our suffering comes from. There it is. All right, the Empress. Venus, 
which is the ruler of Taurus. Beauty, love, motherliness, femininity, wisdom, connection between spirit and matter, inner and outer wealth. The Empress embodies and commands the feminine in all its forms. Her form and surroundings are marked by beauty and wholeness. You feel a sense of well-being in her presence, taking part in the harmony of her being. Her beauty is not restricted only to the externally visible. Her femininity is fully evolved on all levels of her being, given her special radiance. She's a mother and a lover, ruler and seer at the same time. Her strength rests in the unifying of the highest spiritual values in their fully perceivable forms with the lowest material qualities. The essential characteristics of her dominion are love in its giving and its receptive aspects, white and red, creativity and fruitfulness, green, understanding and wisdom, blue. Her right hand holds the phallus-like stem of the lotus which unfolds its petals in front of her heart chakra. Her left hand is open receptively. The creativity of male procreation power unifies itself with female surrender. After she has integrated the male aspects of herself, a woman will be internally and externally in harmony. The pink-white pelican, which feeds its brood with its own blood, signifies unconditional mother love, nourishing the young with its whole being. The empress also represents the great mother, Mother Earth, who gives birth to and nourishes all living beings. The double-headed white eagle on the shield, corresponding to the red eagle of the emperor, symbolizes the transformation which arises through the unification of diverse aspects of your being. Moon and Earth are united and surrounded by a magnetic energy field. When the emotional depths of the unconscious, Moon, manifest visibly Earth, they become available for consciousness to use, blue flames to the right and left. When the powers from within are integrated, you will radiate wholeness and completeness which attracts other people magnetically because it gives them a feeling of security and protection to be in your presence. The union of moon and earth appear once again on the crown. The Maltese cross emphasizes the significance of the union between spiritual and material. Her face is turned toward the dove. She's oriented towards the future. In her wisdom, she has turned from the past, the sparrow. The opening in the arch behind her can be seen as a gateway to heaven. This beautiful physical form merely hints at something more beautiful, much greater, which is hidden in it. Hermann Hesse described every phenomena on earth as an image, saying that all images are open gates through which the soul can enter the inner world when it is ready. Here you and I and everything else are all one. Every person comes to such an open gate at some time in their life, but few grow through the gate or give up the pretty illusions on this side for what they may sense lies within the reality of the inner. Indication, the beauty you see in others which attracts you to them is a beauty you carry within yourself. You're in the process of unfolding and evolving your femininity. This may be the right time to work through and clarify unresolved mother conflicts. Question, in your life is there a beautiful strong woman from whom you would like to learn? Suggestion. Visualize your ideal woman. Write down her most important qualities. Try to find these in others and yourself. Surround yourself with beauty and abundance. Affirmation. I am filled with power and beauty. Pretty relevant, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. So that's one yeah, of the, that the major is. arcana cards, you know, in the tarot. It's one of the most powerful cards in the deck. It kind of, that kind of hits home for me. Um, just because it's... If I look back with that in mind, you know, my life has been like this hinting at like, hey, you need to, this is important. You need to balance this. Mm -hmm. um, 
I've edited a small portion of the conversation right here because I do mention specific people by name, and I want to make sure that they keep their privacy. But the main point that I was making to Shannon right here was that the theme of masculine and feminine seems to be coming up a lot for me, especially recently, and I'm not really sure why, but I tried to give her uh, as many real-life scenarios that I could. That's so beautiful. I mean, that's really what is sort of, I feel the tip of the edge of our evolution right now is men healing that internal feminine and embodying it and embracing it and then leaving from that place. That it's not um, weak or, yeah, you know, I mean, we just haven't had models. The, the patriarchy has, uh, you know, been in power for so long that, you know, it was just wasn't, it wasn't valued, there was projection, you, you're sissy, you're this, you're that, whatever, you know. I was raised by a gay father, so I had the most amazing experience of the masculine, Yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of good work being done right now by the masculine, mm -hmm. you know, in this area. And, um, so, and I feel that this is what's going to heal, tip the balance, you know, mm -hmm. back for the earth. Yeah. It's the feminine principle. It's not woman. It's just the feminine principle of, right. of the right. honoring. It's just a receptivity of, of love, care, you know, intuition. I mean, I think that mm -hmm. the more that you turn towards that aspect in yourself, that is the, that is the domain of receptivity and intuition, which opens you to be receptive to the other realms which mm -hmm. is what you're really saying is you really like to feel more of that yeah. like innately you're directly mm -hmm. so you're on a really good path as far as what you're what you're seeking so all right well shall we dive in sure okay yeah. so i love to start with the sun so we're going to go through your archetypal rulers okay um, the sun's sitting up there at the top of the chart if you can see in the ninth house those little pieces of pie are called houses Okay. And, yep, mm -hmm. so the sun's in the night. So the sun, every planet represents an aspect of your being on a soul level. Most people know their sun sign. Every planet is a part of something about you. Um, but the sun represents the masculine. And so if we think about masculine energy, it's energy moving out. So it's connected to your mission in your life. Okay. Um, we can literally think about the sun being the giver of life. You know, the light, the radiance is why we have life. Without it, we wouldn't. So your gift to life, your light in your radiance is Taurus. Taurus is the archetype of the artist priestess. So this is a feminine archetype. Okay. Um, not only is that your sun, but it's Mercury and Chiron. And we're going to go into, and you also have your north node in the second house of Taurus. And again, the north node is your soul's karmic destiny point. So Taurus is extremely predominant in your chart. So the artist priestess, uh, she is, so this is an earth sign. And it's the second sign of the zodiac. And it's all about, well, first of all, she's represented by the goddess Inanna. And Inanna was the temple priestess that taught all the young women about uh, sensuality about creativity about um, the bottle the body being a temple a vessel of s 
sacred energy, the connection between sexuality and and, um, spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really, you know, the tantrika. Um, And it's the the creator, she's the artist. So she's here to create from the earth, to create beauty, ruled by Venus. Um, And so every archetype has this purpose, you know, this sort of deeper soul purpose. For Taurus, it's like, I always think about it, if God, if we could try to imagine why would God create Earth, humans, all that, it is, would be to experience life through a body, through the senses. So Taurus is all about living your life through your senses and enjoying it. It's about creating beauty, enjoying beauty, pleasure, food, wine, um, there's our tea. Our little waiters here. <laughs> All right, yay! Sorry, Thank you. Hi, sweet Sophia. You're so sweet. You do that, baby. Warm. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Tea for you. Awesome. Tea you, with uh, a little dollop of honey <clears throat> and extra honey. Russell's a Taurus moon. Yeah. I seem to always end up with Taurus moons. <laughs> <laughs> and gift on the house for you. Oh wow! Thank you. Um, Thank you. Okay. Okay. Love you. Uh, I love you too. I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. That's awesome. Um, thanks. All right. Okay, we'll see you in a little bit. Come on. I'll check in with you afterwards. Huh? I'll check in with you after before Jen comes. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like um, a lover goes, it's like this is the ultimate because you're so in tune with your senses. Right. You know, if you feel everything. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I am. I am like that. Mm-hmm. I'm very uh, in tune with my body. I'm very in tune, even with other people's bodies, mm-hmm. and um, and like all those kind of things are real pleasurable to me, like eating and mm-hmm. even like smelling. Yes, and, yeah, absolutely. And you can feel good about it because it's part of why you're here. It's yeah. part of what you're up to, you know. Um, yeah, and then there's more to that story, which I'm going to hold off on, but. Part of what your soul wants in this lifetime is to is enjoyment, mm. and so following the pleasure principle principle is good for you. Um, it has to do with everything from the earth, so resources, money, and it has to do with, with what we value, what we think is important. <clears throat> and so, you know, as I said, for Taurus, usually it's about enjoyment, it's about pleasure, it's about beauty. You know, um, aesthetics, uh, music, um, like you said, uh, anything that that you can take in from from this life and just be with. And um, a lot of times, it's people go into types of work that have to do with building or pottery or creating something of beauty, um, and they tend to be very oriented towards resources because again earth signs rule resources and so one of the when i said there's a spectrum of light and shadow one of the challenges for taurus and for people with a lot of taurus is to cultivate meaning in their life that is so if you're going to tip towards the unbalanced side it would be my meaning and my value in my life is derived through what i have all of my beautiful possessions all of my money that's what gives me my value. So one of some of the deeper work with Taurus is um, to find that that right place for all of that and to not get distracted by those things. Yeah, that's a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because you're oriented in that direction naturally, but it can't fulfill something artificially. You can have all those things, absolutely, but you have to make sure that the the depth of your value and self-worth is not because of that. So this is one of the, the areas that Taurus tend to find themselves in their life, you know, at, at some point, especially, you know, where it's like, wow, okay, I have all these things. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. You know, am I really fulfilled? Um, so they're stable, secure, they're here, they're solid, they want security, they're very oriented towards security, wanting things to be a certain way. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's part of your gift to be solid and enduring, you know, like the earth, right? like, a, like a big boulder. The shadow of that is um, being resistant to change, wanting that security so bad, it's like, oh no, really scared of change, resistant to change, can be stubborn around change. It's represented as the bull, Taurus the bull, I'm sure you've heard yeah, of that. Uh-huh. You know, the bull would like to just sit on the side of the mountain, flap its tail, chew on a piece of grass, and watch the butterfly all day <laughs> and have that pleasure experience, right? Yeah. And that can be good. But again, so we're talking about the spectrum of light and shadow, and you can stay stuck. You can stay stuck in situations that you're that are not thriving, you're not growing. So this is where accessing the opposite polarity is gonna keep you in balance. The opposite of Taurus is Scorpio, which is about letting go oh, okay. yeah it's about transformation it's about doing the deeper work and saying what's really going on in here yeah everything looks good out here but what's the truth of my deeper want my deeper d- passions or desires or or maybe i'm hiding part of myself from myself because it's just t- too much you know i just want to just distract myself with beauty and food or whatever mm-hmm. so um so that's just um important to to navigate within yourself um the the sun sits in the ninth house so the houses tell us a little bit more about well where does he shine his light where does he shine these gifts the ninth house is the house of sagittarius which is the house of the teacher traveler it's about the expansion of consciousness the purpose of this archetype is to be on a never-ending journey of expanding your mind your understanding of reality or seeker i mean that's clear with your podcast like, I know yeah. there's more than this. There's more than this material realm. Like, this is mm-hmm. great, and w- what's beyond the illusion? Yeah. I mean, isn't that, like, the name of your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. So there's these two parts of you. You know, mm-hmm. you really enjoy all this, and you're like, but, you know, I think that without the other, it can become um, meaningless in certain ways, you yeah. know? Yeah, because I've always been, ever since I was little, interested in the unknown. Yeah. Like, what what is, like, the most mysterious thing I can think of, and that's what I want to be interested in. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And that's part of what you're here to do, is to keep shining that light, that sun, on the next thing that can open your mind. The next mind-expanding experience, the next mind-expanding study, the next mind-expanding trip. That's why it's called the teacher traveler. It's the spiritual teacher. Traveling helps to expand our world, to get outside of our bubble, Uh you know, our comfort zone, to see how other cultures and parts of the world live and what are their beliefs. And because ultimately this is about cultivating your own philosophy um, based on your own journey of expansion and then sharing it with people in some way. And so that's really what you're doing. Um, the ninth house also rules public, public, publishing, publication, and teaching. Oh, really? So that's really what you're doing, I think, in this podcast is you're 
you're broadcasting knowledge, yeah. higher mm-hmm. knowledge, and you're just constantly seeking different people, different perspectives, and it's just yeah. it's it's an opportunity for you to keep stretching your um, own consciousness and. So that's a beautiful alignment there. Um, you also have Jupiter in the same house. Uh, Jupiter rules Sagittarius at the top of the chart, which says that you're really here to, you're gonna do a lot of growth in this lifetime. Like, and it's gonna probably press your Taurus buttons of needing things to always stay the same because change is wanting to happen through you. Um, so. Yeah, that's been that's been something that is extremely hard for me to deal with like uh just like i had a career change a few years ago and it was like uh, i thought it was gonna kill me mm. you know and then so i went back mm. to my old career and okay. now that's where i'm at now uh-huh so and i felt a lot like this like you said stability you know yes. and it was like very comfortable yes yes um, but then i'm back there now and i'm thinking I don't know if this is really my reaching my potential here so right um, yeah i see some of that i see some of these deeper internal things going on with your nodes that we'll talk about um so but before we do that so now we'll look at your your next ruling archetype which is so you're an artist priestess and you are the moon is your internal world your feminine side your feminine nature so it rules your emotions your needs your fears your relationship to your mother and to the feminine in general and it's in Aquarius. So Aquarius is the archetype of the awakener. I always think about, I've got Aquarius rising. I always think about Aquarians as being from the future, sent here to help sh- ensure that we wake up and don't obliterate the humanity and yeah. the earth. So this is the, the progressive, this is the radical, the revolutionary, the, um, the energy that's about innovation and upgrade and unification and you know we're at this dawn of this new Aquarian age so you are an agent of that mm. here to wake people up mm. out of the old paradigm the conventional paradigm the people that are sleeping that are just you know hurt in the herd mentality mm. or um, you know just brainwashed and not thinking for themselves and just overly conventional and stuck in structures that are needing to disintegrate so you are here to be an ambassador of this new age this energy in itself the Aquarian age we may have talked about this on the podcast or maybe Russell did a lot of our teachings is around part of what is happening on a spiritual and a soul level in the Aquarian age is we're going from we're coming from the Pisces age the age of Pisces mm-hmm. which is about um, belief in something outside of yourself right meaning okay. God is yeah. out there the shift into the Aquarian consciousness is the uh, internal awakening to God consciousness is inside, that it is who we are. And that comes from the unification of opposites mm-hmm. of masculine and feminine and returning to a state of androgyne, mm-hmm. knowing that we were actually all androgynous on a soul level. So this like sort of um, internal call you're feeling, I think, is... <coughs> has to do with this is that on us this intuitive level you know that there's something energetic that's needing to happen to help propel you more towards your potential Mm -hmm. you know and if you're out of balance in some ways or you're we're not um yeah we're 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 too focused on this or we're denying this part of ourselves or we're only identifying with this masculine part we are um 
holding ourselves back from our evolution and we're in this time of this ascension process where our consciousness is just raising higher and higher and we have these we're basically on the on the track to be um living in that higher state of god consciousness which i feel like is what your soul is really striving for with this this deep desire to have a direct felt experience of that oneness yeah and as an aquarius you know is being ruled by this energy this is definitely a big part of, of why you're here and what you're doing and i think that's why it's calling you on an emotional level because it's your moon it's your internal needs it's your feminine is saying i need to feel this i need to just not know it i need to feel it i need to have that direct experience so at this point during the session, it hadn't really hit me that everything she was saying about my moon being in Aquarius and me being here to be an ambassador of change didn't really sink in until I was listening to this session again. And then I was like, whoa, that really makes a lot of sense for me because anyone who knows me knows that I have a strong streak of anti-establishment in me. And then later I came across the intro that we used to use for a podcast that my brother and I did several years ago. It features the great Terrence McKenna set to music by Casey Henson, and it highlights my general attitude about life. I'll play it for you now. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Don't watch TV. Don't read magazines. Don't even listen to NPR. Create your own roadshow. The, the, the nexus of space and time where you are now is the most immediate sector of your universe. And if you're worrying about Michael Jackson or Bill Clinton or somebody else, then you are disempowered. You're giving it all away to icons. Icons which are maintained by an electronic media so that, you know, you, you want to dress like X or have lips like Y or something. This is, this is shit-framed, this kind of thinking. That is all cultural diversion. And what is real is you and your friends and your uh, associations, your highs, your orgasms, your hopes, your plans, your fears. And we're, we're told, no, we're unimportant, we're peripheral, get a degree, get a job, get a this, get a that, and then you're a player. You don't even want to play in that game. You want to reclaim your mind and get it out of the hands of the cultural engineers who want to turn you into a half-baked moron consuming all this trash that's being manufactured out of the bones of a dying world. Where is that at? Yeah, over here. One thing I would suggest for you, based on your chart and based on this passion that you have for this, is, um, and maybe you're already um, aware of this and practicing this, but Tantra is a path that could be very powerful for you because Taurus and Scorpio rule the Tantric path. That is the sexual um, axis. And um, it is a way to dissolve the ego and pierce the veil 
in that in those practices um, and so that's just is that something you're aware of or you're are you familiar with uh, a little bit yeah I've actually listened to a couple podcasts about it and, yeah because uh, um, it does it does sound interesting to me but I haven't really ever studied it very much or looked into it further mm-hmm. than that mm-hmm. um, but yeah I will yeah, I've experienced that firsthand with Russell. You know, I was with the same man for 24 years until lightning struck and spirit was like, you have another chapter waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And um, my kundalini woke up. You know what that is? The kundalini? Uh, yeah, Tiana described that she had like a kundalini awakening mm-hmm. and there was a lot of energy flowing. And Yeah, it's the yeah. creative life force of the universe and it's... We all have it, but it lies dormant in the body. And that's what—that's exactly what you're wanting, is to activate that because then it blows out your chakras to be an open vessel for that higher consciousness to flow through. Mm-hmm. But it's um, not everybody gets to experience that. Most people yeah. won't. But when you're on this type of path, it's and with your chart, it's very likely that you could. Okay. But mine, mine um, woke up before we were even in each other's field we didn't kiss we didn't just through our energy through across town (laughs) that was activating and and so the purpose of this with this um higher relationship work which is again what i think that your soul is really desiring and up to and contracted to is that this through the unification of the masculine and the feminine energies it's like um it's like a divine spark and it sparks the energy which wakes up can wake up the kundalini and spark all the chakras and open up your pineal gland to the higher consciousness and then you can start literally i've had experiences with russell where we're traveling together in the cosmos and it's it was more in the beginning of our relationship where like for the first whole year it was like the spirit was wanting to come through us in such a profound way because we were here to do this work. Like mm-hmm. we created Lotus Spin, yeah. we run the Astrological Society, all of this. That's the purpose of this higher level of relationship is to become vessels of higher consciousness through that unification to serve and to raise the vibration on the planet. So we do it yeah. first inside, mm-hmm. the masculine and feminine inside, and then with our partner. Okay. At this point, Shannon described a course that she was going to be holding at Lotus Bend with a few other people that was focused on relationships. We discussed the possibility of me going to this course because, as you know, this lifetime is supposed to be focused on relationships for me. But in the end, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go due to prior commitments. Yeah, so, I mean, my work has been really orchestrated around a lot of this because that's what I'm feeling like I'm really here to teach. Yeah. And Tiana was actually a big help for me in the beginning because I left from a marriage. Yeah. You know, I wasn't even looking for a way out. I was not unhappy in my marriage. He's my best friend. Yeah. But when you are called to do higher level work, it becomes less about, so, so we're twin flames. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that concept yeah. or not. I didn't really know what that was. And Tiana's the one that helped me. She and I were very close when this was all happening. Yeah. 
and she was channeling information for me to right. trust this process. Yeah. I mean, it was so destabilizing. I've got two kids. I, I was I started passing out, like lit literally fainting because wow. my conscious mind could not metabolize what was going on, how fast it happened. Yeah. I got a concussion. It was wild. I kept seeing all these dead animals. I mean, um, just sim sim symbolically, uh -huh. snakes, owls, yeah. death and rebirth, right? Uh -huh. And now I'm like, wow, I just went through like a really fast initiation of this, what's going on on the planet, that we are literally all trying to do this dance of in unification. And relationship becomes the most powerful crucible for that because it's yeah. the mirror. Yeah. So I'll get more into that because I haven't even gotten to your notes, but. Um, so you were married with kids and. Left. Moved on from all that. I had no choice. And I w even told my ex this, and I mean, of course, he wasn't buying it, but I said, I didn't choose this, this chose me. Yeah. And he knows this about me. Spirit has always come first. My life has been devoted to okay. spirit since I was young. Yeah. I've always known that I'm here to do spiritual work, but I just, um, I just didn't see this coming. Yeah. And now it makes so much sense. You know, it's like I was with the, I mean, our contract just changed. Yeah. It just changed, you know, and, and now I have this other contract. And um, so this is this new uh, level of relationship that's not about security. It's not about happiness. It's not about till death do us part. Yeah. It's about I'm committed to my soul's evolution first, and I will commit to you to help you serve your own, your soul's growth and evolution. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're, that is our contract and that's what's happening, sure, we can be together forever you know but it's not about that yeah so um it's been a wild two and a half years i would say <laughs> is he more is he understanding now more understanding no or has he's it come around yet he's stuck in victim okay yeah that's just where he is in his storyline yeah that's a shadow of pisces victim not taking responsibility to it doesn't it, no one has to be wrong really but he's just not in that place spiritually yeah you know mm -hmm. but we're friendly but i'm i wish we were i wish he would let me in as a real friend i miss him yeah but he's still he's still hurt hurting i think from it yeah yeah we were just worlds apart you mm -hmm. know we we our contract was to have children together and to serve each other's healing so i mean this is you know, i want to get back to you but i'll just end by saying we attract people into our life to show us what needs to be healed or awakened. Mm -hmm. And he and I both had similar wounds around loss. Okay. And he lost his mother. And he so he was deathly afraid of losing me, right. our whole relationship. So I was always trying to prove my loyalty, my that I would never do that, you know? Yeah. But ultimately what I realized I was doing is I was carrying his pain. Yeah. He was never going to heal it. And actually yeah. the contract was that he was going to experience his worst fear uh, by losing me. Yeah. Which ended up being ironic. It's almost like a self-fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. And that actually was the best thing I could have done for him. Yeah. Was to say, I love you and this isn't mine to, to carry anymore. Mm-hmm. It's very complex, but this is where astrology helps a lot because we can see what the contracts are. Yeah, there's relate. You can even put the two charts together and see what right. what the deal is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All right. So the moon in Aquarius. So Aquarius is also about again. It's about this new 
um, level of relationship, which is more about freedom and authenticity and individuation. Um, you know, it's uh, it's not conventional necessarily. A lot of people with Aquarius are, may end up in non-conventional relationship paradigms. Although Taurus really likes that security, Aquarius is kind of like, mm, I can also be sort of stifling. <laughs> you know, I really kind of just want to experience life mm-hmm. and be free and, and understand that sexuality or that we learn through connection with people, you know, and so don't really necessarily want to shut that down either. Yeah. And then your moon is in the fifth house, and the fifth house is the house of creativity, children, um, and legacy. So that says emotionally, your moon, you are fed by your relationship with your children. Mm-hmm. You deeply need to create, have a creative outlet, You're very creative. You need to express yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, that emotionally, you feel that you're here to leave some kind of legacy behind. Mm-hmm. So there's a pull for you of like, there's got to be I've, something more that I'm here to contribute. Yeah. Um, Aquarius does rule technology, by the way, so I know that you're in technology because it's yeah. about the, the future. It's about progress yeah. and all that. Um, but I do see where there's some other stronger parts of your chart that if you're just doing technology, you're not going to feel fulfilled yeah. forever. You're good at it. Yeah. You're intuitive about it. Mm-hmm. Moon is intuition, you know. Um, but there's more. So, so that's your second archetype is the awakener. So your artist, priestess, awakener, and then your rising sign, your ascendant, is Virgo, which I'm a Virgo son. So we share two archetypes. Um, Virgo is the archetype of the soul mother, and she is the creatrix goddess of the universe. She's represented by the goddess Sophia, who was actually in the first testament of the Bible and sat next to Yahweh, and it was a partnership model. Oh. And they created the universe together. And the patriarchy came along, subsumed the feminine, wrote her out of the Bible, and where it used to say her name, it now says wisdom. She's the goddess of wisdom. Wisdom says this, wisdom does that. Mm. She's here to create order out of chaos. She is the creatrix goddess of the universe. It's the highest level that the ego can evolve to. It's a place of mastery before it needs to get into relationship or partnership, because then when in relationship, we can go further. But as a individuated soul Virgo is the master she's the weaver she's the healer her purpose is mind body spirit integration and creating order out of chaos so it's often related to healing um, connected to health and the body connected to systems you know you Virgos see the macro and the micro see the detail see understand that there's a place for everything there's everything in the place hardwired to come in and to fix and to heal you're hardwired to see problems so you have to be very careful about becoming in the shadow overly focused on what's wrong overly critical overly obsessive about the details Mm. and so the opposite of that to keep that balance is pisces learn when to let go learn when to get dirty then everything has to be perfect and clean and you know all of that yeah we all know i really need to work on letting go of everything being perfect i'm sure my family would laugh at this part if they ever listened highly unlikely um so you're here and it's all she's also here to be in service she's the healer and she's here to be in service to the divine um so that's because it's your rising sign again i said that's what you're reaching for you're evolving into as you mature i think that's also what you're feeling is the more you age and the more you mature you're like feel like there's something more you should be giving or doing Mm -hmm. which has to do with healing yeah awakening 
consciousness and um, the connection between the mind-body, pleasure, art, art, creativity, um, you know, all of those aspects. So these are your ruling archetypes. We're going to get into your evolutionary now. Are there any questions or comments about any of that? No. It's all makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's okay. all in, in alignment with what, what I believe about myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it is, actually. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, Aquarius rules astrology, too, by the way. So. Um, okay, so... Now we're going to look at the evolutionary contract. So again, that's the nodes, the horseshoes. <clears throat> so this is what's called the destiny line. So this okay. is the work you're traveling with through multiple lives. Okay. Um, so this is where we get into some of the unconscious wounds and the places that we get stuck or we have just patterns that need resolve. Um, so, and then we also look at a couple of other aspects in the chart, which is Chiron and Pluto. And that's... They're all connected in your chart. There's a very strong emphasis here for you with Taurus, Scorpio, and Aries, Libra. So I'm going to start with um, Chiron. Chiron is the little green key, or it's not green in your chart. It's the key in the eighth house. Yeah. Yep. It's a key because it's a key to unlocking your evolution. It is a place, it's an asteroid known as the wounded healer. We come in, it's a place of mastery once you heal the wound. And so, wherever it is in the chart, it reveals the places that need healing in you. And so, for you, it's in Taurus. So, we would look at, well, what are the shadows of Taurus? Well, we already talked about this a little bit. It usually tends to be issues around self-worth, around your relationship to yourself on a deep, intrinsic level um, that have to do with relationships. And in the eighth house, the eighth house is the house of Scorpio that has to do with deep, soulful relationships. That type and that level of relationship that is about um, the alchemy that can come from that level of higher, higher connection, higher relationship. So there's work for you in this area around your relationship to yourself, <clears throat> what you value, connection to self-worth, potentially resources, it can, you know, what you're, where you're wielding your energy in this life. And, um, you know, perhaps some fear or um, resistance to change, letting go. Um, Scorpio, again, is about letting go where Taurus is holding on. And then your south node, which is where you've come in from, that horseshoe is right there also. Mm -hmm. But it's in Aries, and it's in the. But it's also in the eighth house. So the Aries Libra axis is the axis of self, Aries, and other Libra. Aries is the warrior. Libra is the lover. Mm. So this, where I said this is just definitely a relationship lifetime for you, where you've cycled through multiple lifetimes of seesawing between um, being alone. Warrior, Aries, I don't need anyone, independent, even a shadow extreme would be narcissistic, like only concerned about your your own well-being and your own self. And then the opposite of that, Libra, is the lover, which is totally oriented towards wanting connection to the point of, um, in the shadow, 
conceding your truth, losing yourself, losing your path, codependence. So the nodes are that journey through multiple lifetimes that are sort of seesawing between what is the balance between relationship, between how do I be interdependent, still independent, not codependent, not alone. Um, And then the axis with the eighth and the second house, the Taurus and the Scorpio is saying, I got to do the work, but I don't want to go. I don't want to get swallowed up by all this shadow. I don't. I'm scared to do that work. But you can't just can't evolve if you don't do the work. And in some lifetimes, I can see where maybe it was too intense, and your 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 soul is saying, "But I want this Taurus life to just be tranquil. I just want it to be calm. I just want it to be enjoyable." So there's this spectrum of of being authentic and doing the shadow work and being honest with yourself and looking in those crevices that feel confronting or scary because it might mean you have to make changes yeah in the Taurus part of you resist that and this all has to do with relationships for you um yeah i feel a lot of times i can get into a relationship and um like keep it on the surface yeah and it's just that kind of relationship after that. Right. You know, I, How long have you been married? Uh, 11 years. How's that relationship? It's, it's good. I think that um, a lot of times I, I'm closed off, though. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make the relationship more intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, like on an emotional level, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, she, you know, she has said that before, but... Um, but I, I understand that. I know that's true about me. So I know that there is, like, I do need to work on that. But it's I'm, res- I res- I'm resistant to that. That's yeah. that resistant to going into the deeper emotional Scorpio stuff. Yeah. Do you know, is there something you're afraid to look at? Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, I can be very, like judgmental I can be very um, like harsh I'm just I'm just harsh with other people you know I, I look at and this comes back to the masculine feminine thing sometimes I can view people as objects you know mm-hmm. I, I have a tendency to objectify people like they're things mm-hmm. and I, that's something I'm aware of so mm-hmm. I don't do it as much mm-hmm. um, but yeah Yeah, so I think that's that north node in Libra. The north node, again, is what you're trying to reach for to balance. Your contract is saying, in this lifetime, I'm going to become more Libra and less Aries. Mm -hmm. Libra is concerned about other people's well-being, really authentically wanting to connect and listen. Whereas Aries is just like, eh, you know, kind of like I think what you're saying, maybe a little bit of like, there's a lack of true, authentic desire Mm -hmm. to honor or connect or... Yeah, I'm. I I do feel as though um, I'm like a I'm like like a drill sergeant when I'm at home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like mm-hmm. trying to keep everybody doing what they should be do- mm-hmm. what I think they should be doing. Mm-hmm. But they're unique individuals; mm-hmm. they can live their own way, mm-hmm. right? Like I just want things to be a certain way. And um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to let go of that, like you, you were saying earlier, like. It's part of letting go. Yeah, it's like you're very earth-oriented. That Taurus and then that Virgo wants things to be a certain way. You want the house to be in a certain order. You want people to be quiet when you want to be quiet. 
yeah, I get it. I've got that same thing, you know, and I've even referred to myself that way as a drill sergeant. It's like, I just, I need to make more space to just be fun with the yeah. kids and not just, it's hard when you're working and doing all this, it you know, is, so it's yeah. like, oh, time to eat. No, no, get your, pick up your crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. And yeah. so this is where looking at the opposite sign is just like letting go, you know, mm. just allowing it to be like, even if the dishes don't get done tonight it's not the end of the world you know yeah but i'm because it's part of your gift to create order Mm -hmm. but if it's out of balance it can actually virgo rules the immune system everything can become you 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 can overtax your immune system where everything has to be a certain way and it becomes ocd right you know yeah um so but these are it's good because these are things that you know about yourself so it's almost like that is connected to your gift if it had a vessel to pour through of your gifts of precision and awareness around order through health or something you know um again the scorpio too is also an aspect of psychology you know it's about going deep with people it's the shaman you know really understand the deeper currents the occult all that i think that if you had you know, it seems like the podcast is a really good thing because you're exploring, but I feel like your soul is really wanting maybe to find something that that's your own that you really pour yourself into. That's what you seems yeah, like a feel from so. you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the relationship, you know, that's just area is just going to continue to be that's going to be the platform for you. And as far as the deeper evolution for you, um, relationships are a big part of it. And so, um, you know, really viewing the the mirror, the contract with your most significant other as a place to reveal parts of you that are hidden, that are in the shadow, can really accelerate your opening and your healing. So, any questions about any of this as part of the chart, the evolutionary part? No, I don't think so. It's been really helpful. Yeah, it's it's just, it's just like opens up and then and then then it validates, you yeah. know, kind of what you're doing. Yeah. And then if you ever, I do coaching with people too because it's kind of like a lot of information. It's like, well, how do I make it into my like practical life? You know. Yeah. That can always be good too. So now we'll look at where you are this year on the journey. Um, so okay. yeah, exactly. It's that chart. All right. So that's your you in the middle. Your chart in the middle. And then we put the chart of today on the outside, and that's where all the planets are. So okay, that gives oh, me. This is, okay, yeah, this one's me. That one's this you, yeah, okay. exactly. And we look at the outer planets because they're the slow-moving planets, and so they describe chapters chapters of our life, hmm. as opposed to like the moon or the inner planets that move so quickly. You know, it's like oh, I felt like this this week, and then I felt like this next week. But the, the outer planets, when they make aspect to our inner planets, affect us personally. The inner planets are our personal. The outer planets are more transpersonal. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you were saying that on the podcast. Yeah. I've never heard that before. That yeah. makes a lot of sense, though. So, let's see. So, first of all, so a couple of big things that stand out as far as, like, what's going on for you for a period of about a year and a half right now, you're in what's known as the Neptune-Neptune square. 
So that's when transiting Neptune, so transiting is where it is in the sky, uh-huh. squares Neptune where it was in your natal chart, in your okay. birth chart. And it's between 40 and 42, generally. And so you're how old are you? 41. 41, yes, yeah, so you're right in the middle of it. Um, Neptune rules Pisces. Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac and has to do with God. It's spirituality. It's mm-hmm. it's everything we can't define or control. And when it squares itself, a square is a conflictual, so it's all math, a conflictual yeah. um, connection, whereas mm-hmm. trines are harmonious, sextiles are harmonious, oppositions are oh, okay. more. But in evolutionary astrology, it's not negative. It just means it's going to force you to do some work, right? Because okay. that's yeah. that's the impetus that activates the movement of, of the evolution. Okay. When it's squaring itself, so if we think about the Neptune planet, it's it's everything we can't define, control, see, you know. So it's basically feels like a mist in front of your eyes. You cannot see where you're going. It's everything feels very nebulous. Yeah. Nothing is defined. It's about tapping into yourself on that deeper spiritual level and accessing your more intuitive feminine side to get intuitions about your next chapter because around this time you're about okay I'm, I'm about halfway through my life this is when you start really this this square is about where am I what have I done up to now and am I happy with where I'm at do I need to make some changes before I'm you know for this next half of my life so for some people it can be a time of sort of depression like not happy where I am yeah. but that even is okay because it's it's informing us to where we might need to make some changes right. or it can be like wow, those things just aren't important to me anymore. It's really about spiritualizing your life. It's just like, wow, what is most important, which is <clears throat> what I heard from you in your questions. There's more, there's got to be more. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more I'm doing. There's got to be more, I've got, what's my purpose, you know? Yeah. So that's what this time is about for you. But it's also not necessarily a time where you're going to get a clear answer. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, it's a, it's a time to dream. It's a time to ask questions, to open the space for meditation, to go deeper. Like even, I don't know if you had considered any like plant medicine ceremonies or anything like that that can open those doors for you. Have you done it? Uh, Yeah, a few years back I have. I haven't done it for a while. Mm -hmm. I do feel like it would be helpful though. That could be a good thing for you right now as you're really seeking. Um, And it can also help remove any blockages, you know, in that way. And I think just back to your like one of your initial questions, you very soft. You have all this earth energy, all mm-hmm. that Taurus and Virgo is very solid and very earth. Mm-hmm. So it just means that, from my perspective, because I also have a lot of earth, that it's potentially that you're not going to be like Tiana. You're not yeah, going to get no. those direct. You're yeah, not going to no, just be like. Yeah. It's just not the way you're hardwired. It oh, doesn't. Way on the end of that spectrum. Yeah, because she has a lot of air, mind, and, mm. and you know, spirit, fire. Mm-hmm. Leo, you know. So we're all put put together differently, but we're all the same. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean that you don't have access. It's just you're going to get your information in a different way. Okay. It may not look the same way, but I know that feeling. Like, but I want the angels to talk directly to me. I want to see them. <laughs> I want to see them. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many friends that are mediums and channels and I'm like I want that I, I want that. Yeah. and I have come to trust that my way of knowing is different and yeah. it's just it's through a knowing I just know things I didn't someone didn't tell me yeah. it wasn't a dream I just, just I'm just in alignment yeah. with that and my life flows accordingly you know and 
if you want to have some of those direct experiences, medicine journeys, and again, the tantric work. The tantric work really opened those doors yeah. for me. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this is where you are for the rest of this year, is sort of in this place of dreaming and wanting to um, align your life more spiritually. You are also at a turning point in your life. Pluto, transiting Pluto, the, the furthest planet rules Scorpio. Scorpio is that death and rebirth, change. Okay. It's where your, you know, that eighth house, you know, is, is very strong for you around needing to shed the skins. It's the snake, regenerate, right? It's squaring your nodal axis, which is the destiny line. It's a very powerful alignment saying you're at a, place in your life where you're going to need to let go of something Scorpio in order to be reborn into this higher more integrated level of your purpose and that's also on top of you all year and into early next year Okay. so it's not like a really quick thing you're sort of in a slow time of change and it's really I think you're being really called to do the opposite of Taurus and get out of your comfort zone and look deeper and listen and not be afraid of what you might hear yeah you know yeah all right so that's big this part is extremely concerning to me especially when she's talking about death and rebirth i'm pretty sure this has to do with my life's work and that's what's so scary about it is that i don't know if i'm ready for all these changes there's some emotional healing going on for you this year. Some things from your past may be coming up. Mm -hmm. um, Chiron, the wounded healer asteroid, is connecting to your moon. So it's a really good opportunity to move some things through and find integration there. Um, yeah, that's, that's been happening for mm -hmm. sure. Good. Um, Uranus is squaring your moon right now, actually. It's been doing this. Let me see. Oh, it's exact right now. Yep. Okay. For the last year, and you're in it for another few months, Uranus has been squaring your moon. Your moon is your emotions. It's also your home and your family and or your mother or the woman in your life. Squared, conflict, um, Uranus. Uranus rules Aquarius that wants change, evolution, upgrade, improvement, mm -hmm. A square to the moon can be destabilizing to the home or to your emotions or to your relationship, basically, because it's wanting a new level. It's wanting a higher level of integration. It can sometimes be in the form of shocks. Um, this is a sometimes also implicit of a, a change or a move um, to the home or a change in the emotional dynamics. So you're kind of... You're approaching the end of this. Um, has this been something you've been tuned into in the last year? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You feel like you've been meeting the request or the call? Um, yeah, I think on some level I have. It's been uh, like um, some emotional things have come up for me about uh, women in yeah. particular. Mm -hmm. And um, But I feel like some of that has been... I'm working through it, you mm -hmm. know? and uh, yeah, I do feel like there is some instability in my home life mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm not sure like what direction that's gonna go. Or, mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, it's been, it's especially the, like the, maybe the last month or so, it's mm -hmm. been sort of. Yeah, it's exact right now. It's going to be exact um, through the end of April and then it's going to be done. Okay. So, um, again, I think it's just asking for you to be authentically and honest with yourself yeah. and do the work, whatever that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, okay. Neptune is sextiling your sun this year. Neptune, again, that Pisces creative spiritual energy in a harmonious connection to your sun, which is your gifts, your light. It's a very creative year for you to be infusing that connection with the spiritual realm into form through your gifts. Okay. So projects, yeah. anything like that should really flow for you. Good. Okay. Yeah. Then this summer, we're going to go through another eclipse window. So eclipses happen twice a year. And they come in pairs, usually. A solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. A new moon and a full moon. And they're a time of acceleration of our soul path. Okay. So big changes. Yeah. No matter what, it doesn't, it's neutral. Good, bad, or ugly. Like if somebody is walking a fine line between light and dark, likely they're going to fall into the dark. Okay. I see a lot of people go into rehab or just stuff happens right mm -hmm. I lost both my dad and my brother in an eclipse window people that are unstable physically it's going to accelerate the energy mm -hmm. right um, but big amazing things can come through and happen like I had this retreat in Greece fall in my lap during the eclipse someone they just like we need an astrologer would you like to lead a retreat to Greece next year and I was like she's like we've already done all the work all you got to show up I'm like sure <laughs> like you know so yeah, things can okay. pop um, that are in alignment with your soul now if mm -hmm. you've been Resisting things, they also they oftentimes will be thrown in your face. So it's a good time to be very conscious. So we have, a, and it's a six-week window. So from the middle of June through the end of July, we're in the window. So anything that happens during there is significant. Okay. Um, there's a solar eclipse, which is a new moon. So it's a big new beginning, a birth. New moons are about beginnings. And on July 2nd, in your... Um, 10th house of career. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Are you looking at changes right now? Uh, not, not really, but I'm open to them mm -hmm. if it happens, yeah. Okay. I feel like I probably should um, uh -huh. start initiating some changes. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's more in alignment with this integrated masculine and feminine because it's in Cancer, and Cancer is, is the goddess, mm -hmm. the mother. You know, um, so that's interesting. Yeah. That is. And then <clears throat> two weeks later is the lunar eclipse, which is the full moon, which is the end of a cycle. So every eclipse season, there's like a continuation, a theme. January was the first eclipse season. Whatever was going on there okay. of this year, yeah. we're going to be revisiting. Okay. Yeah. Just trying to think what was going on there. <laughs> Well, you can go back and think about it because yeah. you're going to be reminded. Okay. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> full moon in your, so it's the end of something that's culminating. It's going to be in your fifth house of creativity, children, and lovers. So there's something that's coming to a close in that area. Okay. And I guess that is yet to be seen. And again, it's mid-June through end of July. There's some anything can happen in any of those realms during that time that's very significant 
Um, and in your seventh house of relationships, you've got Neptune and Chiron. They're both very slow moving. Neptune rules Pisces. So it's meaning like, okay, there's a, there's a, a push to spiritualize my relationships. It also means that you could be experiencing nebulous relationship dynamics, not seeing things clearly, having rose-colored glasses on, or being deceived in relationships, mm. or um, or the highest would be finding a spiritual relationship. Chiron, again, the wounded healer asteroid, is um, in your seventh house as well, on top of your Mars. There's some healing of your masculine going on as well. Aries is the is the warrior energy, which is your south node in Aries. You're, there's a way in which you're rebalancing your masculine, which I think must be about this honoring of the feminine yeah. that's trying to come through. But yeah. they're saying with Chiron in the seventh house, this is very much a time of heal, healing for you within the relationship dynamic. No surprise, this is what your big life works about. Yeah. There's just a lot of focus on it for you right now, okay. this year. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, what else is there standing out? You have Saturn trining your ascendant. Um, Saturn rules the structure of our life, our foundation, and our ascendant line. It has to do with relationships. So it's saying you're creating a new foundation. Like the work you're doing is good. Whatever you're doing or whatever you're feeling called to do, follow it because you're creating some kind of new balance within yourself. So I do feel as if I'm creating a foundation right now. Yeah. 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 It's very, it's very clear in the chart. Um, the fall looks very, very good. It's quiet. There's not like a ton of um, action. Okay. Um, feels like the majority of your focus in your work right now is going to be through the, the summer. But I think that it could be that you're doing a lot of work. You're getting a sense of some changes that need to be made. And then by the fall, the end of the year is where the empowerment phase comes in, where you move on some things, whatever those are. Okay. Sometimes, it, you know, when we're doing these slow outer planet things, it takes a while to yeah. reintegrate or to let go or to get clarity. And, and again, you're not going to have a lot of clarity right now. You follow in your intuition. You just keep following that feminine, you know, and that's what she was saying is yeah. you're learning about that side of yourself right now. Yeah. So... Yeah dance, music, things that can tap you into that more subtle energy would be really good for you right now. Okay. Mm hmm Yeah. So that seems to be the major themes for you. Yeah, this has all been really great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna review it. I'm gonna listen to it again. Totally. Yeah. Good idea. It's a lot. Yeah, and you heard what you needed to hear today, and you'll be surprised when you go back and you'll be like, I don't remember what you're saying. Yeah. Before I end this episode, I just want to say thank you very much to Shannon Gill for sharing her gifts with us and for allowing us to use the recording of our session. If you want to know more about Shannon, you can find her website at shannonleegill.com. That's spelled S-H-A-N-N-O-N-L-E-I-G-I-L-L. -L. And also at lotusbend.net, L-O-T-U-S-B-E-N-D. Or you can just Google Shannon Gill, Austin, Texas, and she's the top result. I also want to give a special thank you to Casey Henson for providing all the amazing music. And finally, to end this episode, I'm going to play a song that Casey wrote and performed a few years ago. 
It's called The Waiting. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. Take care. Thank you.